bless you. We honor you today. Amen. Praise God. Oh, thank the Lord. Psalm 78, are you there? All right. I've got, I've got, you know, kind of like the old song, the old country song, he sounded down, I got a long way to go and a short time to get there. And, uh, <laughs> but I want to share with you some things that I believe that, that um, uh, the Lord has impressed upon me during my study this week. In Psalm 78, verse number one, if you're there, say amen. Psalm 78, verse number one, give ear, O my people, to my law and incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which, have, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. Notice that, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Notice the words again in verse 6, that the generation to come might know them. The children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God. And not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. And I want to use for my subject this morning those words that were in those verses there, a couple of those verses that the Holy Spirit used, the generation to come. Father, we ask Your blessing upon the Word today, upon Your people today. Help us to share what You've laid upon our heart today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I really believe with all of my heart that America, this great nation of the United States of America, was a gift of Almighty God. I believe that the great American dream that we know today was placed in the hearts of our founding fathers by God Himself. For no other nation has had such a Christian beginning as America. But the, the American dream, as many of us know, is swiftly becoming a nightmare. The nation that we once knew, that I knew as a, as a, as a little boy growing up, that you knew as children coming up, you that are older, the nation that we once knew is disappearing over the horizon, and I am concerned for the America of tomorrow. And I'm concerned for the next generation, for my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. Brother Rick, you don't look old enough to have great-grandchildren. I know that, but I do. And I'm concerned about the future of our nation because the nation that was born in Philadelphia on July 4th, 1776, needs to be reborn. And born again today. We desperately, ladies and gentlemen, we desperately need a divine intervention today in our nation. If Jesus tarries his coming and very long, and I'm looking for the Lord and expecting the Lord to come very soon, but if he tarries his coming, I'm sure that some historian will write the story in the future of the rise and fall of the American empire. Our country today is in serious trouble. And what concerns me so much today is, yes, the, the, the condition of our country, but so much that our children, it, what con it concerns me about our children and our grandchildren, the generation to come, this next generation of these young people that are coming up, because God has blessed this nation. When we read here in Psalm 78, we read how that, God had blessed the nation of Israel, and Psalm 78 is a, a very lengthy psalm, so I encourage you to take the time today, tomorrow, this week to read the entirety of the psalm. But God had blessed the nation of Israel, and the psalmist gives the history of Israel here in Psalm 78 and all that God had done for them. 
He had delivered them, delivered them from the gnawing, tormenting chains of Egyptian bondage, and he had brought them into a good land and had given them his law, and God was their king, and God was their Lord. But Israel defiled the land, and they disobeyed the law, and they denied the Lord, and judgment, as we know, came to the nation of Israel because of their rejection of God. And the psalmist gives us instruction here in this 78th Psalm. He gives instruction to the nation of Israel. And there is a great parallel truth, I believe, in this psalm and the instruction that God gave to Israel and to the United States of America, our nation today. There are lessons from this psalm that we need to learn and lessons that we need to heed and give our attention to today. People ask the question today, and the question reverberates in my mind very often, is there hope for America today? I'm holding on to the, to the belief that, yes, there is hope for America today. But if there is to be hope for America and healing for America it's going to have to come from God. It's not going to come from Washington, D.C. It's going to come from heaven. It's going to come from God. And we, if we are to see our nation survive and thrive again, it's up to us, it's up to you and I to keep that great American dream alive today. One thing that we have to do today as Christians, as believers is that we must preserve our history. In this passage of Scripture in verses 4 through 6, God said to His people that He said we will not hide them. The psalmist said we will not hide them from their children, telling the stories to the generations to come. Verse 6, He said that the generation to come might know them the children whom would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children. Talking about God's blessing upon the nation of Israel. The generation to come was to know what God had done for that great nation. The only way that the next generation was going to know was it had to be passed from father, from grandfather to father to son. The history of Israel had to be proclaimed and taught to their children so that they would not forget. A little boy came home from school one day and he looked sad. And his dad said, son, what's wrong? You look sad today. And he said, well, dad, I am. He said, I'm afraid I failed my history test. The dad said, no, you're not thinking that way. You're not supposed to think negatively. You need to be more positive. The boy looked at his dad and he said, okay, dad. I'm positive I failed my history test. Well, you know, according to the Word of God, there is to be a spiritual chain between the past and the future. The fathers and the grandfathers and the elders and us, us gray heads and thinning-haired guys, you know, we are responsible to pass that uh, uh, truth of our nation and our heritage down to the children and grandchildren today. It's, a it's important that we know our history and that we teach it to the next generation because we are the links in the chain that connect our generation and our past with future generations. We are just one generation away. I want you to hear me this morning, ladies and gentlemen. We are just one generation away from socialism, communism, and paganism in this great nation of the United States of America. And if we miss this generation, we are finished and we are done. We are the ones that are to be passing off the baton, handing off the, the baton. And there is a legacy that is to be left to this future generation and to our children. It is to go from the father to the son to the grandson. It is a spiritual chain reaction. And every one of us are responsible to let our children know how great this nation is because they are being told today that it is not a great nation. A child came home and 
came in to, his, to where his mother was, and he said to his mom, Hey, Mom, do you remember that vase that we used to have, the one that was handed down from generation to generation? And she said, Yes, I remember that. And he said, Well, this generation just dropped it. And you know what? I'm afraid that we have a generation that is in danger of dropping the faith that has gone from generation to generation. And the Bible tells us in Jude 3 that we are to earnestly contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. There are those today that, that have an insidious plan, ladies and gentlemen, to take your children and to remake them, and to remold them, and to cut them off from the American history that we knew. See, listen, we are to teach not only in national history, which, yes, we needed to be teaching the, the history of our nation, but we have a spiritual, a spiritual heritage as well that we need to be passing that baton on to our children and to our grandchildren. It's our responsibility to do that. There is that plan today to remake our children, to remold them, and to cut them off from the American history that we knew. There's an introduction. Uh, there's in, they are introducing new curriculum into school districts. I don't know where our districts here in this county and this area stand today. Farmington and North County and and uh, and Bismarck. Some of the other school districts around here, Central District. I don't know. But today there's new curriculum that's being introduced in many schools, and they are rewriting the history of America to teach our children. They're they're. They're one of the things that they're teaching today or introducing into many of the school districts today. And it's causing a stir in many of the school board meetings and many of the school districts across America. But the, something that is called the 1619 Project, systemic racism and the critical race theory are some things that are being introduced in our classrooms today to brainwash our kids and to give them a false, listen me a false understanding of our nation and the plan that they have today the plan that the left has today is to totally change the United States of America that is their plan and they're working on our children to, to turn them and to teach them a new rewritten history of the United States of America when we study the history of the founding of America, there's something that we discover. We discover that there was something very unique about our history. Something that is very unique about our history above all the nations of this earth. And that is the original colonies were founded because of the Christian faith. And, and it doesn't matter to me what Barack Obama has said in the past that this is not a Christian nation. Hallelujah. He needs to start, brush up a little on his history, this nation was founded upon the principles of the Word of God and on Christianity. The pilgrims who came over on the Mayflower huddled together beneath the decks of that ship and they wrote a statement called the Mayflower Compact. And I'm not here to try to give you all a history lesson today. I know Brother Mark could do a very good, adequate job of that. But it was called the Mayflower Compact. And that, that, that uh, document began with these words. The very first words of it said, In the name of God, Amen. They stated why that they were coming to these shores. And the quote was this. This is why they were coming to America. They said, For the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. That is what founded this nation was the Christian faith. Our pilgrim forefathers came to Plymouth Rock and landed there. And when they got there and got off of those ships, they knelt on their knees on that ground and they thanked God for this new country. 
During the days of the Continental Congress, when problems and difficulties were multiplying, Benjamin Franklin called upon the Continental Congress to get on their knees and to pray for God's blessing. And I'm going to tell you something. That is what we need to do today. In the church, in Congress, hallelujah, in the White House, we need some people to get on their knees once again and say, God, we can't do this without you. We need help from God. It's never out of order. And it's never improper for a society and a government to implore the blessings of Almighty God upon them. And I'm fed up to hear with political correctness. And I'm fed up to hear, amen, with, with touting separation of church and state. I'm up to hear. It, it meant that, you know, that, that's not in the Constitution, by the way, the separation of church and state. It's nowhere in the Constitution. But let me tell you something. What was meant by that term was that there would be no state church. It never, ever, ever was intended to mean that God would be taken out of our government their intention was for us to be ruled by the, 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 the one and only true king the almighty God are you listening to me oh we know our history that during those dark days at Valley Forge how the soldiers were starving and freezing to death and in those conditions General George Washington was seen in the snow on his knees praying and asking God to be with them and to bless them ladies and gentlemen I want to tell you this is how this nation began it began in prayer it began with the word of God and we've got to keep it the way that it began hallelujah we must proclaim our freedom and our liberty that's given by almighty God July the 4th 1776, the Declaration of Independence was signed. And that was the day, ladies and gentlemen, not 1619. But July 4th, 1776, when the Declaration of Independence was signed, was the day this country was birthed. We're all very familiar with that document, aren't we? The Declaration begins like this. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's how the Declaration begins. But here's how the Declaration of Independence closes. And for the support of this declaration, with firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Can I tell you this morning that the Declaration of Independence was a declaration of independence from Great Britain, but it was also a declaration of dependence upon Almighty God. And that is something that this nation has lost. 1778, James Madison, the architect of the Constitution, the fourth president of the United States, made this statement. He said, we have staked the whole future of our new nation. Listen to it. Not upon the power of government. Can I say that again? Can I read that again? Are you listening to me? He said, we have staked the whole future of our new nation, not upon the power of government, far from it. We have staked the future of all our political constitutions upon the capacity of each of ourselves to govern ourselves according to the moral principles of the Ten Commandments. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me today? This is how America was founded. It was founded and established on Bible principles and on the law of Almighty God. God has blessed us with the form of government that we have today. We are a republic. Our government is a republic. And a republic is, is, is government where that is held by the people. Power is held by the people. 
and their elective, elected representatives and not by a king or a monarch. And when our president says, when everybody's vaccinated, then we'll tell you what you can do next. No, you're not our king or our monarch. Quiet in this Presbyterian church. We're living in a land where we, thank God, can express our opinion. For right now, I can get up here and preach this. We're living in a land where we have the freedom, thank God, to come together and assemble together and worship God and sing and praise God without a Gestapo, without the Gestapo coming in and putting a stop to our worship or telling us that they're going to put a chain on our doors. And I hope it doesn't come to the place that that ever happens. But if it does, if it does, you know what? We'll find another place. we got a big field out here, glory be to God. We can set up a tent. We can have church. We can come together. But they will not ever stop us from lifting our hands and lifting our voices and praising the Almighty God who saved us and delivered us and founded this great nation. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're free in good taste, with good taste, with discretion to criticize our leaders. We have that freedom of speech today. We can express our opinion, our approval, or our dissent. But that freedom is being censored many times. We got anybody here? I'm not looking at anybody in particular, but. Anybody that's ever been in Facebook jail? <laughs> you get put in Facebook jail when you make comments or say something that, um, that dis- disagrees with what uh, political correctness and, and this uh, new, new wave of teaching agrees with when you're disagreeing with them. I thought we had freedom of speech. I thought we had freedom to say. Well, we don't know. We don't, we don't have, you know, freedom of speech doesn't mean that you have freedom to go into a crowded theater and yell fire. That's not what it's talking about. But we have freedom to voice our views and voice our opinions. And I thank God for that freedom today. And my dad fought for that freedom. And Vicky's dad and brother fought for that freedom. And, and brother Charlie in Vietnam and brother Buddy out here, they fought for that freedom so that we can stand up here today. And I'm going to tell you, by the help and grace of God, we will not let those freedoms go. We're going to stand up for what is right and stand up for America and proclaim it from the housetops today. Can I get an amen? I thank God for the flag of the United States of America. I'm thankful that we live in a land where a person can fly that flag and where people have been willing to die for the honor of that flag and the liberty that it represents I want to tell you something. Those who want to take a knee at the national anthem, those who want to burn the flag, those who want to turn their back on it and cover their head, those who want to disrespect it, you know what they need to do? There used to be be a commercial when I was a teenager growing up, and I wish they'd show it again, but you ain't going to see this on TV no more. But there was bumper stickers, too, that was on people's cars when I was a teenager. You know what it said, what those stickers said? It was everywhere. It said, America, love it or leave it. Amen? Love it or leave it. If you don't like this nation, if we're so oppressive, if you can't if you can't be blessed in this nation, go to some other country that you can, but let us fly our flag. Let us worship our God. Let us be Americans. Hallelujah. I'm proud to be an American and a citizen of the United States of America. Glory to God. That might get me in jail. We must, we must, ladies and gentlemen, preserve our history. And we must retain our memory. See, in that psalm, verse number 7, in that 78th psalm, he said that, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. And God was saying there, don't forget, don't forget the blessings of God. 
And it's so easy for us to forget what God has done for us, isn't it? It's so easy for us to get spiritual amnesia sometimes and forget about the things of God. And God had warned Israel about that over and over again throughout the Word of God that they would not forget, forget God who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and for all that God had done for them. And those today who are attempting to rewrite American history, that's their purpose and their plan. They want us to forget. They want us to forget. And what happens? What happens when a nation forgets and when people forget God? There is, there is a, um, what do I want to say? There is a, a, an increase in sinfulness and in the lust of the flesh. Whenever people forget God and forget the Word of God, there is an increase in the lusts of the flesh. The Bible said in verse 17 there that when they forgot God, they sinned even more against Him. And that's what we see happening today. Listen to me, saints. Americans are suffering today from an erosion in moral values. We're seeing that today. There's an erosion in our society. The moral temperature of this nation has, is at an all-time low. We have spiraled down to where we never thought we would be, to where I never dreamed that we would be as a nation. We're seeing sexual perversion and homosexuality, immorality is being paraded. We see the casual disposal of unwanted, unborn children, partial birth abortion that is taking place. And I want to say that all partial birth abortion is, is murder at delivery. Can I get an amen? We see the breakup today of the family. We see drug addiction and alcoholism as a major problem. We see the cravings of pleasure, a pleasure-mad world who are craving drugs and sex. And it's all because of one thing. We have forgotten God and we have put a limitation on God. What do you mean by that? The limitation that we've placed on God in verse 40 of that 78th chapter. It says there, verse 40 says that they provoked him in the wilderness. They grieved him in the desert. And again and again they tempted God. Look, look at verse 41. Again and again they tempted God. And notice this phrase. And they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited the Holy One of Israel. What does that mean? Well, the word limit means to confine within limits. It means to be restricted. It means to forbid and prohibit and ban, to disallow, to make illegal, or to outlaw. That is the meaning of what it means. That's what it means to limit something. Well, does that, does, does that definition... Folks, does that remind you of anything in America today? It does me when I was studying this and I, I looked that definition up and when it said to outlaw, to make illegal, to disallow and to prohibit. And I thought, you know, that's exactly, that's exactly what's happening in America today because there are certain areas that this nation has made off limits to God and out of bounds to God and has set parameters and borders and they tell God, you stay out there. And don't come in here. They have said to God, Now, God, this is your limit. You stay over here. Don't come beyond this point. And God has been limited, and boundaries have been set on Almighty God in this nation. I mentioned the separation of church and state that they're always touting. There are some places in America where the name of Jesus, the Bible, and prayer are off limits. The Ten Commandments are out. Who's listening? The Ten Commandments are out. But rape, riot, gang warfare, murder... Metal detectors in our schools, on-campus police, school shootings are in. Creationism is out. Evolution is in. Corporal punishment is out. But disrespect and rebellion are in. Traditional values are out. 
but unwed motherhood is in. Chastity and abstinence is out. But teen birth control and sexually transmitted diseases among our young people is in. History is out and the great reset and counterculture and critical race theory is in. We have told God that we don't want Him. We have told God to keep His limits. And then we wonder why things go bad. And we ask, why has God allowed this? So many people in the attacks of 9-11 said, why did God do this? Number one, God did not do that. And then secondly, they said, well, why would God allow that? Well, when you tell God we don't want you, get out of here. We don't need you. When we have a political party that gets up in their convention and votes God out and cheers it and lights up the White House with rainbow colors when same-sex marriage is approved by the Supreme Court and God is put out and then bad things happen and we say why did God allow that and God's standing back and saying basically it was not my problem you told me you didn't want me anymore they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited God. See, when we tell God we don't want Him, and, and we, 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 you know what this nation has done? This nation has provoked the Most High God. And that's what this psalm says in 50, verse 56 through 58. It said they provoked. Israel provoked God to anger. They provoked God. They greatly angered God. Well, I thought God was a God of love. He is a God of love, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what? Were it not for the love of God, the mercy of God, and the grace of God, uh, this nation would be been gone a long time ago. I'm really surprised that God, I'm really seeing the long-suffering of God today. You You're seeing the long-suffering and the mercy of God being displayed today because you know why? Because America is sticking their finger in the eye of God and they're shaking their fist in the face of God and they're saying to God, we will do what we want to do. They're provoking Him and mocking Him and shaking our fist in His face. But can I tell you something today, saints of God, that God will not be mocked. There is always a reaping. When we sow to the flesh, we will reap corruption. And you're looking at a nation today Unless God intervenes And they turn back to God And there's some serious repentance And some changes being made That the judgment of God will fall We are ripe for judgment But I'll tell you something else We're ripe for We're ripe for a rapture For a coming of the Lord For the catching away of the saints Praise God Everything you see going on today As the days of Noah As the days of Lot, so will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. I'm telling you, Jesus is getting ready to take His church and His people out of this old sin-cursed place. Woo! Hallelujah. Sorry for getting excited. I've got my tie on crooked now. Praise God. You know, it's the truth. Amen. Thank you. That psalm goes on to say in verses 59 through 64 that Israel made God furious and that God greatly abhorred them, that God forsook the tabernacles of Shiloh, that He gave His people over to the sword. He was furious with his inheritance. These are the chosen people of God. This is a chosen race of people. Yet the Bible says that God was furious with them and abhorred them. Can I tell you that America is not a chosen race, but yet God has blessed, has blessed America. Why? Has God blessed America? The old, oh, the old song, you know, God bless America. Was it Kate Smith? You sing that years and years ago. God bless America, land that I love. Stand.
beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above, from the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Why has God, and God has blessed America. Why has God blessed us the way that we have? I'll tell you why God has blessed America. America has been blessed because, as I've already mentioned to you in this message at the beginning, because our founding fathers chose God. They chose God. Amen. Wasn't so much that God chose us. He put the dream in their hearts, but we chose Him. They chose Him. Our founders said, we want to be Christian people. We want to have a Christian nation. We're choosing God, and we're choosing the Bible. And can I tell you what the Bible says in Psalm 33, 12? The Bible said, blessed. Blessed, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. See, if anybody wants to be blessed, God says, help yourself. All the blessings are there, but you choose. If you choose God, you'll be blessed. If you choose the Bible, you'll be blessed. If you choose Jesus, you'll be blessed. If you choose to live for the Lord, you'll be blessed. And God's saying, the choice is yours. You can choose life and death. I've said it before you. And our founding fathers chose God, and they chose life, and they chose the Bible. And they chose the Ten Commandments. And they chose morality. But today America's making a bad, 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 bad choice. And they're turning away from God. Oh, saints of God, we need to pray like we've never prayed before. Amen. Don't think that God has given America a blank check to sin and get away with her sin. Don't think that we can keep shaking our fists in the face of Almighty God. And He will just overlook it. I'm going to tell you the only hope for you, the only hope for me, the only hope for the United States of America, the only hope for our government, amen, is God, is Jesus, is the Bible, is the cross of Jesus Christ. He is our only hope, but He is also our biggest threat because this nation needs to be born again. And what will happen to this nation if we do not, if, it, if this country continues to shake their fist in the face of God and have pride month and pride parades and all that foolishness and iniquity, what will happen to this nation? I've already told you what's going to happen to the church. We're going up. Amen. Let me just drop a tidbit here. The church is not going through the tribulation. Don't worry about who the Antichrist is. You're not going to see him. He won't come on the scene until you and I are already at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Can I get an amen on that? Woo, hallelujah. But it's very alarming when you study end times events that there doesn't seem to be any clear reference to the United States in Bible prophecy. There's nothing mentioned of the United States, of this country. Could that be a hint? Could that be a hint to us that one day America will join the ranks of other nations who no longer exist and who, who have imploded and been devoured by their lifestyle and forsaking God? Saints, on this 4th of July, I want to tell you something. We must reclaim our nation. Are you with me? We must reclaim our history and our heritage and preserve our legacy. America must come back to God. But in order for America to do that, God's going to bless America and bring an awakening to America through the church. We, as a church, need to pray like we've never had before. We need to save our nation I don't know how long it's going to be before Jesus comes. I believe he could come today. But if he tarries his coming, I don't want to see this great nation and my grandchildren live in a country that is socialist and communist. 
I don't know why our young people today think communism and socialism is such a great thing. History shows over and over again it's never been successful. It's always fails. Societies that are governed by communism, socialism always fail. Capitalism that we have here in this nation is what is blessed by God, and that is the order of God and the Bible. If you'll come and listen to me on Wednesday night when we're teaching Proverbs, you'll find out about that. A woman was visiting Europe, and I'm closing. When we get home, I got a, I got a big slab of baby back ribs got to go in the smoke. A woman was visiting Europe, and she was doing what most women do when they're on vacation. She was shopping. <laughs> and she went into a jewelry store and saw the most gorgeous piece of jewelry that she had ever saw in her life. It was beautiful. She fell in love with it. She was enamored with it. She wanted it. She had to have it. So she sent a text to her husband. She described the jewelry to him. She took a picture of it, sent it to him, and she told him, this is how much, you know, this is the price of it. And it was an astronomical price. It was a huge price. And she asked her husband, said, may I buy this piece of jewelry? husband saw the price, he immediately texted her back and he said, no, price too high. Well, when she read it, she thought it said, no price too high. <laughs> That's the problem with texting, isn't it? You know, you can, you can take it wrong sometimes. That's the problem with that. And, and, and she looked at it and she said, oh, he said, no price too high, I'll take it. So she bought it. Well, why did you tell that story? Because here's the reason why. Because when I think of the freedoms that we have today and the greatness of this nation, there's no price too high, saints of God, no price too high for us to pay to preserve the freedoms that we have and to save the United States of America. Do you agree with that? Hallelujah. Worship team, come, please, while they're coming. A pastor friend of mine had this on Facebook this morning, and I want to read it to you as the worship team's coming. As Paul Revere rode up to the front yard of Jonas Clark's home, Clark, Adams, and Hancock ran out to meet him. When they heard that the British were marching toward Lexington, Adams and Hancock asked Pastor Clark, Jonas Clark was the pastor of the church, they asked Pastor Clark if the men of Lexington would fight. Clark responded. Here's what the preacher said. He said, I trained them for this very hour. They would fight and if need be, die. Under the shadow of the house of God. The next morning. I know people today are telling us, you need to stay out of politics, get off that, get out of that. But Jonas Clark said, let me read it again, I've trained them for this very hour that they would fight and if need be, die too under the shadow of the house of God, of this house of God. The next morning, April 9th, 1775, Pastor Jonas Clark and Deacon John Parker led the Lexington Minutemen out to face the invaders. As the British approached the Minutemen, the British cried out, In the name of the King of England, throw down your arms. But this response rang out from the colonists. We recognize no sovereign but God and no king but Jesus. Then Captain Parker said to the Minutemen, Stand your ground. Don't fire unless fired upon. But if they mean to have a war, let it begin here. And then the first shot rang out, the shot heard around the world. And we're free today because we had some patriots 
that stood up. It's one of my favorite all-time movies, Mel Gibson, The Patriot. I'll probably watch it tonight, the 4th of July. Vicky's rolling her eyes. <laughs> some patriots that stood for what is right. Do we have some patriots? Do we have some lovers of this nation today, lovers of our flag today, lovers of the United States of America? Let's stand. Let's stand this morning. Praise God. I want us to pray today for our great nation. I want us to pray for God's intervention and pray for revival today. Pray for our young people. Pray for the generation to come. I, has anybody ever heard of the Tuttle Twins books? You heard of those, Mark? I, I, I'm not checked into them, but I heard about them the other day and went online. But it's, a, it's books. It's a series of books where the Tuttle Twins discover the truths of, 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 of American history, and they're supposed to be really good. They're encouraging parents and grandparents to get them and give them to your children because the children are being, the thread is there for them to be taught a new and a revised version of American history. So the chain can't be broken. We've got to hand off the baton to the generation to come. They need to know our true, real history because they're being bombarded every day with falsehood and lies to turn us away from our roots. So check that out, grandparents, parents. If you got young kids, the Tuttle Twins books to get for your kids. But let's pray for our nation today. Amen. Lift our hands toward heaven. Father, as we come to you today, we are so thankful for this great United States of America and for this birthday of this nation. In 1776, our Declaration of Independence was, was signed. We declared our freedom, our independence from tyranny. And Lord, for these many, many years since, we've enjoyed those freedoms. Thank you for those Bill of Rights that, that our country acknowledges, our nation acknowledges that those rights that we have are unalienable rights that come from you, God, and you alone. You've given us those rights. And thank you for a country that acknowledges that today. We pray for our nation. We need your help. We need you, God. I know you love this country. I know you love this nation. You have blessed us because our founders chose you. God, today, may we choose you again. God, may you move today in a mighty way. I pray for every church and every pastor and every congregation across this great land that the Bible will be preached like never before and that all over this nation, Lord, I know you've got some patriots. I know you've got some saints. I know you've got some people that still love this land. And we pray today, God, that you will intervene against the evils that have attacked us and have come against us. The darkness and the powers of hell that are, that are threatening us today. We come against them in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We bind those powers of darkness. We pray, God, for your intervention that you will drive those, the evil away from this nation, that you will bless us again. May your word be exalted. May the name of Jesus Christ be lifted up and exalted. May, God, you bless this nation again and give us on this July 4th, 2021, give America a rebirthing, God, a rebirthing of our nation again heal us and help us and forgive us for we have sinned against you we ask for your mercy and for your grace in Jesus name amen let's sing something today as we close
thank God for the freedom and the liberty that we have. Paul said in Galatians 5:1, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again in that yoke of bondage. We stand for liberty today, for God is for liberty and freedom in Christ Jesus. God bless you. We love you today. Have a great 4th of July. Enjoy your afternoon, your barbecues, your fireworks. Come back Wednesday night. Prayer meeting Tuesday, 11 o'clock. Have a great Independence Day. Celebrate our freedoms today.